mic rep because we're just two friends catching up. Um, That's fine. I like that. But this this is uh, Zach, Zach's video here from Boston Speaks Up. What's up, Clem? I'm okay. really good. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really happy that you're here. It's it's, it's um we're both we're both busy and and I am so grateful that we found time to sync up. I feel like at one point in time, like I I couldn't find a window that worked or in a window for you. And for months and months, we've been trying to have, have, have this happen. Um, so well, now, I'm, now I'm here. It's yeah. uh, freaking amazing in Easty. So glad to, glad to be here. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that voice I, I mentioned Clem for sure, but that's, that's, uh, uh Clement Cazalot. Yeah. Did I say that right? Oh, perfect. Right, I cool. wish everybody was, uh, telling my yeah. last name like that. There you You're go. Perfect Frenchman. Do you want to try mine? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it's actually not really a wrong way to say it because as I found out, my whole family says my name wrong. So it's Latin root. So it's supposed to be Servideo. Oh, okay. So we all say Servideo. Because that sounds, uh, yeah. Italian or, uh, yeah. is it? Latin. Like Servi is to serve Deo God. Oh, so nice. there you go. Took me. I had, I went to school and college and someone who knew Latin told me like, dude, your name's Latin. This that, is what it means. I was like, wow. That is pretty cool. No idea. Um, what's Cazalot mean? Uh, Cazalot means a uh, small, uh, small beat up cottage uh, in the dialect from the south of France. Okay. So that's uh, not fancy at all. <laughs> so Caza is like Caza like in Spanish, uh, but it's written with a Z. Uh-huh. Um but uh, that's from the local dialect and L-O-T is like a, a shorter for like a, something small and not good. Okay. So, so yeah, that's a small beat up uh, cottage. Interesting. So are there a lot of small beat up cottages in the south of France? Because that's where you grew uh, up. Actually, so there are only a few hundred casalots in the entire world and we all come from the same area in the Pyrenees. So, okay. so yeah, I don't know what happened. Like one of my ancestors must have had a pretty shitty house yeah. and that kept on <laughs> with the family. But uh, wow. everybody is nice so that's cool how how often do you make it back there uh once twice a year great uh, it's it's beautiful down there like it's just like uh it's uh the best of the best of europe it's i'm totally biased but and i have been probably to far fewer places in europe than than you have but i've been to the uk and i've been to spain and i've been to Last year, I went to the south of France for for Cannes. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! For the media that, festival. Oh, yeah, hell yeah! And I went and I traveled there by myself, and I kind of, like I met a bunch of you know I met my team and folks that did from different companies I was working with. But I had like just some time to kind of be about the city um, on my own, and I loved it. I mean, growing up, it, like it, it's beautiful. It actually reminded me of. You know, I spent five years in, in LA and a lot of time in Venice Beach. It like, it, it's just such a really cool, like it had like a SoCal like beach vibe culture. Oh yeah. And um, I, I can't complain that everyone wants to drink rosé all day. Yeah. Rosé or pastis, depending on the hour. Yeah, rosé yeah. is before 5 p.m. After 5, that's going to be pastis. But yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a pretty unique culture down there. Uh, really well, focused to geared toward quality of life and way less on work. So, so at some point, if you want to graduate from that, like you need to start traveling. When was the first time you had a glass of wine? Probably twelve years old, something like that. Nice, and yeah. it's like more accepted too, like in culture. They have, have a sip oh, of totally, wine. Yeah, 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 totally. It's like it's uh, the goal. That's part. I mean, nobody goes too crazy with it so the goal is to have people just enjoying life and as a parent it's part of your duty to introduce your kids to something good and so yeah yeah 
Cool. Uh, but I probably didn't have a hard liquor until like uh, 18 or so, but like wine, beer, like that's something that you get early on. Yeah, it's fun. proper taste. Sorry to jump over you. You just made, for some reason, I just started thinking of my buddy uh, from Greece. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, for him, you know, he drank ouzo at a young yeah. age, right? And so like culturally introducing a little alcohol that is of the, you know, the local culture just makes sense. And depending on where you're from, you know, for me, I remember my dad handed me uh, probably a Budweiser. I don't even think it was a Bud Light. It tasted like shit. Um, <laughs> and so I didn't have a how, beer. How old were you? I was probably 11 or 12. He was that, like, that's like, awesome. Yeah, you know, he, he might he might not love that I'm talking about this, but he probably doesn't care. But like, no, he used to do this thing with, with my cousins too, my older cousins, where he'd be like, hey, go throw this away and get me a new one. And my, you know, they'd be over for a cookout. They weren't driving. They were teenagers. And you just like, there'd be a little bit of beer left at the bottom of the can every time. Oh, I, <laughs> my cousins would always just like get a little, awesome. bit of, a little bit, a little bit of beer and, and, uh, and replace his beer for him, you know, playing that cool uncle role. That's just cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is your wife also from France and similar area? Where is she from? So she's from France. Her parents are from Italy, from uh, and uh, she grew up in the north of France. Uh, so that's uh, that's which is like the north and the south in the US. Like you, you have a, a, a very significant gap or difference in culture sure. in the approach to life. So that was and France and Italy also. So that was awesome when we got married. Uh, my grandmother was like, what, you're, you're marrying a girl from the north and on top of that, she's Italian? Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, uh, but that also means that she loves great things in life. Sure. So I'm yeah. humbled to be with her and she runs a restaurant in Boston. So yeah, it was just, uh, it, you just went right to my next question, which is, I was curious, what's, what are the culinary differences between the south and the north of France? Because you, you have a couple, your wife runs a couple of restaurants in the city that would be, be cool to talk about, but like, is it influenced by a certain area of France and, and what, and are there any differences in the cuisine? So this a uh, very good question. Yeah. I mean, the gastronomy in France, like from the outside, like for, from here in the US, we see it as like one whole, like, hey, fine gastronomy or, and the reality is every village, every time you do 10 miles, you have a, you're going to have another specialty and another type of, or even the same dish, another way to do it. And so it's a, it's a very eclectic, uh, culture, food culture that is, that is influenced also by the neighborhood regions and, and like all the movements there has been inside. So I would say the south of France will be, uh, so it's more like center and the exter uh, external piece. So like the okay. center, like from Paris and, uh, like you're going to get more of, uh, uh, refined and sauce heavy. Uh, I mean, let's scratch everything I just said. Long story short, every area of France is going to be very uh, more spe uh, special, uh -huh. and so north is going to tend to be heavier okay. uh, in terms of food, like also because of climate, and okay. south is going to tend to be lighter uh, in, okay. in the in the way people uh, cook dishes. But there are so many more climate, so yeah. maybe less. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, more fish yeah. is more yeah. like, but the things that you would expect. But uh, so is northern France like a little more like Italian influenced, or not Italian influenced, but like. 
more like heavy, like more, is it more, a little more pastas, a little more carbs? Oh, I think it will be more German influence. So okay. more stews, okay. more like more yeah, stews. Okay. Yeah, heavier, more like cabbage cold stews. Cold weather, like right. yeah. hearty, hearty, you know. Hearty warm, food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the south will be more like fish based, especially on the Mediterranean area, like things that will be like made with olive oil, things that are going to be more lean in a sense, not yeah. necessarily healthier, yeah. but a uh, different way to do it. Cool. So the restaurant, so Frenchie in the South End. Yeah. And, and then what's the new, there's a new, pretty new restaurant in Cambridge, right? And uh, there's a new one in Porto Square, uh, Colette, that opened in February and that, cool. is, uh, that is doing a killer right now. So that's uh, nice. And they are both... Uh, like the goal is to recreate something that will be approachable. So the goal is to recreate like the vibe that you would have if you go to a neighborhood restaurant in Paris where we'd go and have a glass uh, of wine or a cafe on the terrace uh, during the summer. So the goal is yeah. to recreate something extremely approachable, fun and uh, culinarily uh, um uh, complex yet uh, yet simple. So it's uh, right French uh French influence, modern French influenced by the way we uh, make things approachable in the US. Right. And how you want to enjoy it. When I first moved back to Boston, not too long after, I really appreciated you. Yeah. We, you took some time and, and we hey, caught you up. Moved, you moved like 12 it's, months ago. It's literally a year. Yeah. yeah. So probably last late spring, mm -hmm. early summer, we went and sat out on the terrace at Frenchie and yeah. had some mussels and had some wine and like light sitting outside, like, you know, nice kind of, you know, mild, you know, I think it was like late spring weather. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. But yeah, I kind of got to experience that vibe. It's definitely, definitely the type of vibe I, I appreciate. So it's cool to hear that um, things are going so well for your, for your wife and, and all, the credit, all the credit goes to her. Like yeah. anything perfect over there, that's her. <laughs> Everything questionable is because I gave my input in the process at some point. So. <laughs> How'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in a bus in the south of France uh, 11 years ago now. Where were you going? Uh, so the, the way Marseille, which is a city where... Um where my uh, part of my family is from and where where I grew up. So basically, all the is surrounded by national parks, and in the middle of one of the national parks, you have all the universities, all the the higher education is is in the middle of the national park. So you can drive there, but it's extremely complex. Everybody takes a bus mm -hmm. uh, to go there. So every day for for a year, year and a half, I would take the bus on the same schedule as this fantastic uh, person. Uh, and in France, the way you when you enter in a bus, if there is nobody. If there is just one person, actually, you're going to go and sit next to that person and start speaking to that person instead of everybody on their Oh, here you go to the other end. Yeah, exactly. You by yourself. Everyone says so, so. So who sat next to who? So <laughs> that's, I think that was mutual, but yeah. uh, we more or less entered at the same time. Okay. And, and uh, we had seen each other a bunch of time and started speaking and nice. what they're doing. And so, so fast forward a year and a half later, we're like, hey, we should spend more time together. And here we are. That's beautiful. That's uh, that's that's fun. So, so you met eleven years ago, and then like so it was like a year and a half before you started really like dating. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then you know, so yeah. that's probably so we met actually twelve years ago, and then we've been together for eleven years. Got married for five. Uh, loved and hated each other for the entire uh, uh, relationship. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hard on your sleeve. Living, living, living a passion-filled life, like inevitably, that you're gonna have you're gonna have some fun. Um, when did you? So when did you come to Boston? I think we, we were doing like the pre-podcast, just like quick wrap question and answer 
Cause I was curious, I'm like, was it tech stars that brought him to Boston? And I think that was your answer. Like, mm-hmm. like tech and entrepreneurship brought you to Boston. I kind of want to talk about that, but what, what were you doing at the time? Like back in France and mm-hmm. like, I'm assuming, you know, you were, you were already sort of pursuing a career in entrepreneurship and just curious, like you mentioned like your first boss really inspired you and was like a critical figure and and helping you pursue the career that you're now, um, you've now flourished in, mm-hmm. um, but talk to me about like those years in France leading up to what pulled you to the United States, specifically to Boston. Sure. So, so my background is in computer science and cybersecurity. And so basically eight years ago, we were, so let me step back. So have you ever seen Mission Impossible? Yes. Do you remember at the very beginning, he gets his mission and then it blows up after a few seconds. Sure. Yeah. So we're yeah, doing yeah. exactly the same thing. You're in the film industry. Yeah. You have the yeah. picture. Yeah. So we yeah. were doing the same thing, but for digital documents, uh-huh. embedding intelligence in PDF, Microsoft Office files, mm-hmm. so that after they are sent, after you send an attachment, like you don't only local, you can destroy it and know exactly who does what with it. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing that with the aerospace and defense industry in, in the US, in Europe, uh, uh, in Europe with some of the largest companies uh, and and basically eight years ago initially that started as a consulting service with 80% consulting 20% product yeah. and the person who used to run Techstars uh, back in 2010-2011 Katie Ray uh, approached me uh, there was like hey you're doing a cool cool thing uh, cool service business but if you want to build a real company move over to the US move, come to Boston and we'll we'll teach you out scales like yeah, screw you like that's pretentious and then the more I thought about it you're like oh no actually you're totally right I have no idea what I'm doing uh, and she was amazing and so I moved to Boston eight years ago for Techstars as mm-hmm. a as a co-founder CEO of the cybersecurity company and uh, shortly after raised money with Atlas Polaris like grew grew the, grew the company here um, and the rest is story. We sold the company and and, uh, and I decided to stay in Boston because people are just amazing here. Cool. How um, how difficult was it to flip? Did you flip it 80 to your, it sounds like your 80-20 flipped, like you were a services business with a little bit of tech and mm-hmm. you flipped it to be like a like a tech business that could scale sort of so I can software like so 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 to give you a sense of scale so right now every single reporting to the Fed every bank reporting their financial status in the US every single one goes through our software Mm -hmm. every uh, two-thirds of the transaction over 100 million dollar in the US in uh, merger and acquisition goes through our software and so that was a that's a scale that was achieved like about took us about four years and a half, five years to get to that point. Okay. I can give you the TechCrunch story, which was like, that was super simple. <laughs> we, we knew what we were doing, just yeah. executed. And, yeah. But the reality, it's, it's the more uh, we were, the reason we came to Boston is Boston is the capital in cybersecurity, one of the capitals in the, in the world. And when you sell an infrastructure tool, it's, um, you need, you need to adapt, like you always have uh, infrastructure, high end infrastructure, you always have a component of service. Mm-hmm. So we started selling to large enterprises, but it was taking 12 months, 18 months, I'm super long, it's like worth it, but extremely long and complex. Then going through Techstars eight years ago, we, uh, we pivoted to some extent to sell that to uh, you're an individual, you're a small business, you want to share, to protect some like your client list. Yeah. 
you want to protect some specific um, files, we were letting you to do that one-off. Amazing, but will require high volume and, and don't pay much. And so then we switch to OEMing our technology to folks like Box, yeah. uh, Autodesk, Symantec, had discussion mm -hmm. with all these folks, or were implemented with all these folks at some point to uh, to start scaling, uh, to start embedding our technology in folks who are already doing document management. And then uh, and then our largest customer. So that's how we move from a service business to a product business yeah. by being closer and closer to the needs of our client and productizing over and over what we're seeing as recurring uh, needs. Amazing. That So the, the, how many years between, so eight years ago you move here, you start building more of a product business and how many years did you run that business and what was the what was the exit and are you still associated with the company or did you fully sort of vest and, and no, separate yeah, out? Totally, yeah. totally out. Of, so, right. so the, the, that company is a result of, was a result of research and development prior. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I said like one of the person who's been the most influential in my career, stepping back was my very first boss. Uh -huh. uh, who, so I was working in this large cybersecurity company and, uh, in the south of France called Gemalto. Uh, basically, all the SIM cards, all these gold chips you have on your credit card are manufactured by a French company. Okay. Uh, or the underlying technology comes from a French company. And uh, so we start, I started doing some research on this technology back in 2009, 2010. Um, uh, and uh, starting in the space 2009 and then working on it 2010, 2010 spin did a spin-off of this company uh, at the end of 2000 December 2010 January 2011 uh, so from there until acquisition which was April 2014 so that okay. was like five years five years, uh, ago. Yeah. Five years of, of running the company yeah and then stayed three years so we got acquired by this Boston New York based Wall Street backend firm called Intralinks mm -hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, we, we got the chance to be acquired. Uh, we got the chance to have op options. And so we got acquired right before our Series A uh, for for uh, cash and stock, like 10 million in cash trade, uh, two and a half million in stock for all the team, for all the founders. And so that was like in the early days of the business, but that was like a, a five years in the making overnight success. So that was, all the investors were happy. Everything was good. So. That's great. And well, then fast forwarding, actually, the company now is making, we, throughout, like, uh, then we stayed three years, like, the company has made, like, 90 plus million dollars, uh, thanks to us. So that's, uh, So they've got a good multiple on that. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that was yeah. great. And then the company yeah. is amazing. So, and since yeah. then, the company got acquired for 1.5 billion. Uh, so that was, that was good. Uh, and so, and we're still, I'm still proud to say, like, uh, everything we built still has a long lasting impact in our, in our ecosystem. So. That's amazing. Really cool. So what, so from that point in time, April 2014, what were you thinking about career-wise that you would do next? Uh, so we st I stayed three years uh, there as a VP of technology, uh, helping the next generation okay. of technology for all this backend of Wall Street. And then... However, the main thing that I kept coming back and back again it was helping founders. And sure. that's what's one thing that I love with Boston are the people. 
Yeah. And and a lot of where I am right now is thanks to all the mentorship, all the folks in Boston that helped me. Yeah. And um so kept coming back to the people, kept like spending time at Techstars, being yeah. involved as a as a mentor, as a friend, as a peer, yeah. as an investor with some of the companies. And um and so so three years after uh, like we sold the company, like the managing director at that time, so Katie Ray, so Sean Broadwick first and Katie Ray with whom I worked, mm-hmm. uh, Semyon Dukash and then Semyon approached me, uh, all like prominent figures now in Boston, Semyon approached me to, to hand me over the torch to be yeah. like, hey, you know the community inside out, do you want to, to you're investing, you've yeah. been operating businesses at small scale, yeah. larger scale, want to, want to be involved, so that's, uh, that's when I, I thought I, st- uh, and that's when I was like, okay, I'll make my passion or the founders is helping other people. So I'll spend, I'll dedicate all my time to pursue what I'm, uh, what I want to What you're passionate about. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I noticed that about your, your answer in the, the pre podcast Q and a, you, you mentioned the people of Boston and you've already now unpacked that to describe sort of like the mentorship of, of those in Boston who are successful and the willingness to pay it forward. It's something that's come up in a couple of conversations. One that's ringing um, in my mind right now is the one with Lucy Maffei. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time when I spoke to her, it was at Boston O and now she's at Boston Business Journal reporting, same yeah. family. And that's the biggest thing. Like she had covered, uh, she had been writing for TechCrunch out of Chicago and she had spent time in DC and Boston. And I asked her like, what was the difference between Chicago DC and Boston. She was more comparing like tech in Chicago and Boston. And she's like easily the mentorship, the willingness of successful sort of proven entrepreneurs in Boston to give back and mentor the next generation is like nothing else that I've seen in, in any, in the other cities I've I've reported. Yeah. This is amazing. The, the, Open is also a very like no bullshit uh, ecosystem. So you need to 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 have a reason to speak to all mm-hmm. these people. But yeah, the the willingness to help the community of mentors like in Boston is is pretty is pretty amazing. Cool. Just sitting here with you, I'm like r- inspired and reminded of our conversation about how I need to come spend more time at TechStars. Just like being you're, a friend and you're and welcome. Find, Any, I, anytime. I, need, I, need, I, I would love to. Uh, speak with with some of the companies there and see what they're up to and 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 see what what little help my my small brain can offer um we have, what, na- we have <laughs> nitro brew on tap well you will welcome you and, and you'll have a great time nice uh what are what is the focus of some of the companies in uh tech stars boston right now is there are things shifting you mentioned you're particularly interested in ai mm-hmm. right now is is that a focus of some of the companies there is that in you you more foreshadow that it will be, but what sort of companies are are there now, and where do you see things sort of heading or and or shifting at all? Sure. So let me step back on, on TechStars at a, as a, at a high level, and then zoom in on TechStars Boston. Sure. So TechStars is a worldwide network that help entrepreneurs succeed. Our, our goal is to enable all entrepreneurs, regardless of their focus, to to be equipped with a toolkit and toolset to to be to be successful. And we do that in, a, in, in different ways. We do that through accelerators that are either uh, focused on a specific geography, like the one that I run in Boston, that is the second oldest uh, uh, in, in, in the world in Techstars. And 
where we focus on what on companies that can leverage what Boston is world class at, we, sure. that can leverage the, the depth of, of mentors that we have locally. So these are this is healthcare, that is fintech, cybersecurity, that is anything regulated. Like uh, Boston is a big fan of big and boring topic, but extremely complex uh, to solve. Um, Hardware, IoT, and smart city, real estate tech, uh, and and that that takes a different uh, form and different ways to solve that. Uh, but that's what TechStars Boston is focused on. Okay. Is what Boston is world class at mm -hmm. because companies are only as good as the mentorship they receive around. Sure. So we we do with text, but. We are not a vertical specific. We're uh, and and there is Boston is becoming one of the capital in the world in terms of AI, data driven business, enterprise mm -hmm. SaaS, and so that's why I see necessarily a lot more on that. Like a lot of businesses are being changed by these technical trends. But so that's what Texas Boston stepping at a higher level. So Texas helps entrepreneurs through these accelerators, through all our community and foundation uh, um, activities, Startup Weekend, Startup Week, Startup Digest are all Techstars brands, Techstars activities that we put out in the world to help more. And then we have a third uh, aspect where we help corporate, a large corporation like the, the Ford, the Amazon, the Target of the world to do, uh, to do open innovation, to, to work better with startups. And so that's this beautiful cycle where we have large corporations that are becoming customers of startups, startups that are funding activities in communities in order yeah. to, to foster talent and the next pool of people that are going to sure. hire. And, and, and that's a, a beautiful cycle. Um, and so what I'm focusing on at first is with Boston, whatever makes sense for the community sure. and zooming in more and more in Boston, that means enterprise SaaS AI, but yeah. not only like I'm really happy to, to work with B2C companies, with hardware company, with, with marketplaces. Cool. Lot to unpack there. One path that I want to go down a bit and actually this isn't a, I believe it was like your, the last answer you gave sort of the importance of educating youth mm -hmm. and I, I've been gratefully added to the Dearborn um, advisory committee, which is like the advisory committee for Boston public schools on creating connective tissue between the private sector and Boston public schools, such that young people in the city of Boston and Boston adjacent, hopefully longer term, this program bleeds more mm -hmm. out of the city are equipped for uh, pursuing degrees if they have to pursue degrees but in the event too that they can't necessarily go to four-year colleges to pursue degrees they can start to develop the skills in mm -hmm. high school for the increasingly tech-driven boston labor yeah. market and tech-driven global economy yeah um and so given that's a passion of yours you're the managing director of TechStars boston we're buddies uh it seems to me that there's probably some cool uh youth community sort of education initiatives it seems like maybe that Dearborn Advisory Council will probably benefit from some connective tissue with you. Uh, but what what do you have going on from a you know, youth education standpoint, and, and and just speak more for you know openly just about why that's so passionate 
for you. True. So, yes. So, so if like there are a ton of topics in the world that needs to to be to be changed from climate uh, to uh, to healthcare, access to healthcare, and 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 education. The the one I'm, I'm the most passionate about is the one that I can have a direct impact on right mm-hmm. now. Uh, all the other problems like are equally as important, but I feel. With the network of tech stars, with my personal expertise, I can modestly help on the uh, on the education piece. And so there are a handful of non-profit in Boston that are just amazing, just focused on that. Boston is a brainy city focused on education also. So the two ones that comes to mind is Elevate Youth, uh, which is this amazing non-profit based in Boston that is helping kids to from Roxbury from from like uh, areas that are less uh, serviced by uh, by the by the school system mm-hmm. to um, to learn to learn by going outdoor like mm-hmm. just like yeah, let's go to field trips like let's have an, mm-hmm. a different aspect to how we work how do we approach uh, yeah. natural outdoor communication between each other yeah. by doing that this is amazing another one that I've been uh, not as involved as I would love but uh, spend a few semesters helping a citizen school in Boston okay. that is going to a community uh, community schools charter schools uh, um, and going as early like like as uh, fifth graders, fourth grader, like and, and teaching STEM related mm. uh, schools having the skills. So having uh, someone from Wayfair, from like the cybersecurity world coming yeah. and, and over a course of many months coming every week, every Wednesday afternoon or whenever yeah. the schedule of the kids allowed to uh, to run a series of projects. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty mind blowing. Uh, the if done well, the long-lasting impact that it can have on these kids. That's that's great. I'll have to check out both of those groups. I'm not as I'm, I'm clear. I'm not as intimately familiar with with either. Like you are, the, uh, Elevate is is interesting and, and similar in some ways to so like Dearborn STEM Academy in Roxbury mm-hmm. is run by Boston Plan for Excellence, and part of the the program is is, is similar in that they coordinate with private sector like Microsoft. Schedule field trips for students to go to Microsoft, go to the Microsoft Garage in Cambridge, sort of nice. like experience what Microsoft is and gain some familiarity with mm-hmm. them. And in the summer, they have Boston Teacher Residency where they take um, where teachers go and they are taught sort of the latest greatest things that are being executed, deployed um, in the world of business um, as per Microsoft, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good um, uh, solid vantage point to come from. So those are those are some of the um, the initiatives that kind of sit uh, ad- adjacent to the to these other ones you mentioned. I'm curious, just from um, so kind of like moving off like youth education and just speaking more broadly, are there any um, have have you been involved in any shifts in TechStars Bo- TechStars Boston's role in the city and the community? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me there's all these things that guys like you and I know, like mm-hmm. there's tons of great people here in the tech community, giving back, paying it forward. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit previously when we met up, there's a bit of a, there, there's an incredible, it's an incredibly seemingly insurmountable task of trying to represent all the 
many amazing people and mm-hmm. initiatives going on. And I see Techstars in, in, in a lot of ways, like I see a lot of brands these days mm-hmm. as a publishing platform, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a brand that stands for something globally, mm-hmm. but at a local level from, from a Boston standpoint, like we'll put Techstars to the side for a second to talk about Techstars Boston, like a really unique opportunity to, you know, you're already garnering the attention of the tech community. So I'm curious, like, how do you, how have you approached the brand's evolution in 2019? Because every brand, every company can be sort of an act as like a publishing sort of media mm-hmm. company. And in that, and sort of tangential to that, is there manners in which you can take the education and mentorship things that are happening, existing right now and sort of express them more to the public. Mm -hmm. I ask this because I think it's a, you know, I think it's a a continued opportunity for Techstars Boston. I also just see this like forgotten majority that are like just miles outside the city. Like there's plenty of people that are leaving Somerville and Cambridge and the city like me and they're moving to like the North shore and they're moving to Beverly and Salem. But I'm talking about like young people growing up South shore, North shore, Methuen, where I grew up, Lowell, the Merrimack Valley, where like Boston is 3,000, might as well be 3,000 miles away. They don't know the tech ecosystem. They don't know the education initiatives that exist. And they don't understand there's opportunities for them should they have maybe slipped through the cracks and non- non- knock onto a four-year school to study computer science, right? And that to me is the great shame Mm -hmm. of the Boston tech community is what I perceive as an inability to take what great strength and wealth Mm -hmm. and progress we have here in the city and like give it to the rest of the state of Massachusetts and lift the collective community up, not just folks within a certain, you know, few, few square miles because Boston isn't that big. Yeah. Um, so a lot to unpack there, but that and that kind of just scratches at like a lot of the focus of what I hope to long term be a an initiative of Boston Speaks Up, which is connect, connecting those disparate communities, identifying frameworks like Elevate or what Boston Public Schools is doing with Boston Plan for Excellence, and sharing those with the chambers of commerce in communities all around the state. Mm-hmm. And maybe using Hub Week and Techstars as partners in that in that effort. Um, so hopefully that octopus thought path that I just took you on make makes sense. But I'm just curious, like what what you generally think of of the role that Techstars and the responsibilities the responsibility that Techstars Boston has in in all of that. So I'm first off, I'm always open to feedback and we can always do more. So if there is any, any ideas that the, the folks listening to us that you would have happy to, happy to, to spend, to spend and spend uh, time on and spin the wheel on. So the thing as tech stars that we try entrepreneurship is something that cannot be taught with blog posts and, uh, and, um, and classrooms. Mm-hmm. Like you need to, to experience it. So mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that the next generation, as more and more people are shifting to the gig economy, the future of work, which is also one of the big topics that I, I work on, um, in conjunction to, to technology, like 
is is transforming more and more people and their entrepreneurs of, of themselves. Um, and so what we do at Techstars to enable more of this learning by doing in the entrepreneurship side is being transparent as running these startup weekends, which are these uh, weekend long events where people start with an idea and are worked through, uh, are, are worked through a 54 hour process to go from an idea to, to the embryo of a company. Mm -hmm. and, and these are things that you, you do, you learn by doing. And they, they are happening in, in Lowell, they are happening in Springfield, Mass, they are happening in Boston also, but not only. And try are to. Are there be, startup weekends in Lowell? Uh, I believe so. You must okay. okay. Lowell has been pretty And is active. that in partnership with you guys? So, so. The beauty of community-led yeah. uh, is, so first off, yeah. trying to be as, as proactive as possible, working with UMass Lowell, with, uh, in Springfield, Mass, there's this amazing organization called Village, Ven Village Venture Mentor, uh, VVM. Uh, Venture Village Mentor, I'm butchering it. A VVM, amazing group of folks uh, help with Mass Mutual to, um, that, are, that are down there. Um, but um, putting that aside, yes, we try to enable as much as we can. Uh, actually, the person now in charge of all the startup week activities in North America is now based in Boston. Mm -hmm. She's uh, Christina. She's actually around the, the neighborhood here. Uh, she's amazing. And, and our goal is to help community leaders and give them the tools to organize events. Cool. And uh, with, with playbooks that we wrote, great. But they are free to to do whatever makes sense for the local community awesome all right so let's as a next step from this conversation i'd love to bring that framework that mm -hmm. you have to salem and beverly mm -hmm. so i recently sat down with the mayor of salem oh, kim, nice. kim driscoll and she's like help, yeah like help and she she's connected with brendan ryan from hub week and she's like oh good reminder let me reconnect with him but what what I'm getting at is I, I, there's a few like tech meetups and they're kind of like small and, and not all aligned and going on in the North shore. Like there is anywhere. And, and just as a starting point, like I, I just see a particular um, appetite mm -hmm. and opportunity to galvanize people. And I, I can see the tech stars um, brand. Sure. But more importantly, the framework and like, how, like what you would describe the startup so weekend I, I, as being I, a really great framework to bring to that community and then maybe bring to my friend. I just talked to a buddy from uh, who's in Lawrence and he's, mm -hmm. he's got a studio in Lawrence. He's doing a lot of community work there at a small scale. And he's interested in shepherding like ideas and frameworks that um, we're discovering in Boston to the chamber of commerce there, but then also the Merrimack Valley chamber of commerce. Yeah, I'll be happy to make a connection on that. Like we, a big part of what we do at Techstars, like I mentioned these three pieces, like we have the accelerators where we focus on 10 companies once a year on yeah. a specific topic to help them becoming world-class and leaders in their field. But we have, we have the corporate and we have this community aspect where Ecosystem development is a big part of what we do. Actually, one of the co-founders of Techstars, Brad Phelps, wrote this entire book on startup communities, how they transform Boulder from uh, mm. from nothing mm. and within 20 years in one of the main hubs technologically right. in, in, yeah. in, in the US. And and so we do that in Buffalo, 
upstate New York. We do that in Torino, Italy, Torino, Italy. We do that uh, in in places that are non-obvious but have local talents and enough density locally to do it. So that's what Startup Weekend, Startup Week, that's that what all these activities of learning by doing. Meetups are great, but you just go and speak to each other and, and nothing, little energy comes out of yeah. it. However, if you find a way to to put everybody, put the energy for a few hours, for a few days of folks who would have said yeah. hi to each other, but have them work together. Yeah. Then you create an ecosystem that is that is uh, moving forward and where yeah. new things are happening. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you just nailed kind of like the, I think the, the issue and where things stop short, like, you know, again, North Shore, there's in O-North, mm-hmm. which is like this relatively new organization that essentially is right now it's meetups. Mm-hmm. It's like like-minded people meeting up I went to the event last week and, and I met people with an appetite for more. And so I'm like gaining like some in the trenches, like market Intel to, and, and realizing, A, there's an appetite and B, yeah, there's great initiatives here that with the right connective tissue and, and you add a framework, you can kind of bring it down the field a little bit more to something a little more impactful. Um, so Jen Riddle, yeah. who now is a program manager for uh, with me, who is that? Jen Riddle. Okay, uh, she's a program manager for TechStars Boston. Okay, uh, here she used to run all the startup weekend for the East Coast and Canada, so thousand cool. events a year. Yeah, uh, she's here. She will be happy to open the playbook nice. to anyone listening to us, uh, yeah. or or uh, like happy to help. That's awesome. Cool. So, um, so it's. June, it mm-hmm. feels all of a sudden like it's summer and it was like winter a few weeks ago. Um, how are, what's on the docket for you heading into the summer? You don't go to, to the Can Con Festival, do you? And I, do, I do not. Actually, yeah. that was a few weeks, that was a week ago, two weeks ago. Okay, so uh, the, the media and business sort of element. Oh, the, sorry. The, the the film, that's the uh, cool, yeah. Speaking so of, I, I'm not speaking of, uh, yeah, Ken, Ken Leon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, a yeah. film festival was, yeah. a, was a, a week ago. Two yeah. Ago. Um, so all the business, all the business folk uh, descend, uh, I believe, two weeks from now. Yeah. So uh, no, yeah. not, I haven't yeah. planned to go there. Although yeah. I'll be in France at that moment, but for personal reasons, for cool. a wedding of a friend. Nice. Uh, right now, basically in Boston until July 3rd or so, that's like the fundraising season. So mm-hmm. that's like the goal is to help all the companies, uh, all the founders have the chance to work with, yeah. gather all the interest that yeah. they have around their company together. And, um, and so that's my main focus right now. Cool. Do you, what do you like to do most in New England in the summer? Do you have any time scheduled after July, after that fundraising sprint? Uh, I, I seriously need to uh, kite surf more. Uh, ah, so that's my okay. big topic for the for the rest of the summer. Where do you go? Uh, uh, River Beach is amazing. Yeah. South Shore is great. Yeah. So or even within Boston, like uh, like right by Cathal Island, you can do some fun stuff. So, so yeah. Cool. So if, uh, kite surfing is going to be the big focus of this entire summer. <laughs> nice. I've actually never been. Uh, well, I'll make sure to. Uh, I'll make sure. Happy to uh, to give you all the tips to start, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a beautiful sport. That's really cool. Amazing. Uh, Clem, is there anything else that you want to share with the Boston community? Obviously, that you know specifically this this gets in front of the Bostono community, and we're just trying to spread the word more and more. Um, you know, Boston speaks up just being all about, 
you know, finding like minds and spreading, um, you know, spreading and, and inspiring stories and, and, and hopefully starting to get to a bit more people outside of the, the core innovation entrepreneurship bucket and, and kind of pulling folks closer to all the great, um, wonderful things that happen at a place like Techstars. But are there any additional, additional initiatives or things that you're working on or, or just like general message that you'd love to share with the community? So uh, as Techstars, we're here to help uh, all the community and uh, we're here to be a play, uh, an open like access to resources. So if there is any founder listening to it that I could personally help with, uh, with their fundraising, with their like setting up like the right strategy to, to reach operational excellence, uh, happy, happy to help. That's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Uh, a lot of people have helped me being where I am and that's that's my way to give back like uh, Techstars like the bedrock of everything we do is this mantra of give first mm -hmm. so like my contact is clement.casalot at techstars.com happy to uh, happy to help anyone reaching out you heard it there first clement.casalot at techstars.com he's giving out his email everybody take advantage of it this dude's this dude's a, a sweetheart and a business savant so I highly recommend hitting him up Clem this has been a pleasure You're the best. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Boston.